0: Hello and welcome to According to John. Today, today we got, I, th- I think today is going to be good. Uh, I think it's going to be... It's always good, John. <laughs> Come on, we're talking about Jesus. Amen. Uh, but today we're talking about suicide. Yeah, hot topic,
1: especially since COVID. It's-
0: uh, yeah, it's... Um, sad yeah it's Sad stuff. that stuff and and so that that's the thing is is today's uh topic is suicide which is kind of heavy for us, but you know what we're gonna deal with it in a light way a scriptural way uh hopefully help you encourage you or maybe uh this will help and encourage someone else that would uh, uh decide for life rather than rather than death and so uh this week and uh this podcast and next podcast is very specific on um on our our questions and uh i've gotten a few phone calls last week I got a phone call where the uh the person uh, I was on vacation and the person calls me up and says uh pastor i'm uh I want to commit suicide and and I could hear the desperation in their voice and uh one of the most helpless things is when you're 600 miles away and you just hope they hold on until you can get them help yeah yeah people get so uh
1: down and so discouraged that they almost think they're doing the world a favor by you know thinking in that direction but we have good news
0: great news with that, yeah. brother, open us in a word of prayer, sir.
1: Yes, let's pray. Father, make these next uh, minutes valuable. Make them biblical. Uh, give us unction of the spirit uh, that, that, that your word would be received in humility and brokenness and that we could learn to be helpful to help people who are hurting. So uh, we just reach out to you for help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay, so, so today the question is, if a Christian commits suicide, are they still going to heaven?
1: Well, that's been a big question for a long time according to the Catholic Church for many many years I don't think so much so today but uh, it's a mortal sin and if all suicide victims go to hell
0: and, yeah that, that uh, was a big thing in the Catholic Church yeah yeah huge actually. Is-
1: predominantly catholic area the influence of catholicism has really waned this past 20 years in particular but that was such a very common question i arrived here 42 years ago this question came to me at least monthly if not weekly yeah wow yeah it's uh it's in the back of people's minds And it's just good to get a good biblical worldview on, on everything. But this is a big one, and it's in our face today. It's in right. the schools. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, uh, it's epidemic.
0: Well, it, it, that is the word. It's epidemic, especially in the younger generation, because the younger generation has been lied to so much, and they don't see. Well, first off, they, they, they don't hear anything good. It's, it's all negatives all and then and this whole this whole satanic agenda is being pushed on them uh and 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 I'm this is where this is where i'm going to lose a little bit of ground but I sure hope not because I hope people hear my heart um but but in schools now let's just look at the agendas that are being pushed on them uh number one uh erase history number two we don't even teach American history anymore we teach world history uh we don't allow uh, uh, creation in schools are only allowed. Evolution in schools. Uh, you can't have a Christian group. I mean, you can, you ha- but you got to push it. Walking on eggshells the whole time, right? But you can have a homosexual uh, group, and and you can, and if you look, school is a constant push of of heavy stuff yeah, spirit of
1: antichrist is already here you know everything that is good uh is from god and and uh, the, satan the prince of right. power of, of the air especially the right. latter days the scriptures tell us that uh that in the final days there'll be doctrines of demons and god is a god of hope and satan is a god uh, a god little g of despair god is a hope of uh of uh you know opportunity and satan is the little g god of, of, of depravity and uh doom and gloom and so if the kids don't have the the biblical uh worldview mm-hmm. of you know there's a reason we're here there's a, there's a place we're going and there's right and there's wrong there's truth absolute truth that they don't have that they don't have an anchor for their soul right. and they just tune in the news and they play their little games and and they're everybody's out for themselves, and they're getting abused uh, in public, abused on on
0: social media. Well, and and how about home? The, the first off, the the parents are are usually not home, and if they are home, it's just for a short time. And then they're militants because they can't, they don't have the patience to deal with the children because they're exhausted from work, trying to pay for everything that they don't need, and then and then they want a divorce. And people say, oh, well, kids are resilient, and so they're fine. They're resilient. They'll get through it, right? And and the truth is, divorce destroys the
1: children. And all the while, the parents are trying to be happy, uh, living for themselves. Uh, the foundation of thinking, the foundation of relationships for the children is just being eroded away and... Uh, Kids are just broken.
0: Well, there's for their security is gone. Uh they don't know what's happening. Their whole world now is 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 turned upside down. This week here, that week, then, there. <clears throat> yeah, dad's not there, dad is there, mom's not there, mom is there. And and so now these children don't know what to do. Now they're gonna look for security and love. And so that that the the the, the drive to find security and love pushes them to that which shows it and it's usually the narrative and i hate to say it this way but in the schools i believe this is true it's usually the narrative of the homosexual agenda we'll we'll accept you we'll love you Mm -hmm. we'll 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 support you and and then all of a sudden you before you know it uh they're being uh, drug culture right the the druggies are like hey we'll accept you yeah yeah and so so
1: unconditional love love the one you're with yeah. Well, that's gone back a few years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Every now
0: and then it's called a relapse, brother. Once <laughs> right. well, a hippie, always a hippie. You can't help right. it. But, but when you think about that stuff and, and the heavy that the kids are going through, it's no wonder it's that, that suicide is epidemic. Yeah, God uh, set
1: it up where kids would be influenced by the parents. Mm-hmm. And when the pa- parents are not present or the parents are failing – and the parents can't come in with the, the needs that that child has, then they turn to their peers, right. and their peers don't know, and then there's certain yeah, conditions. Their
0: peers don't know because they're the same age. Yeah, yeah and they, they have
1: no experience, and then right. this, this is the, the game that you have to play. You have to smoke this to be cool. you got to get this pierced or get that tattoo to just kind of fit in and then you just kind of have a whole new culture yeah. developed further and further away from truth and uh truth brings freedom and further away from truth turns into
0: bondage yeah and and uh you know when i'm not blaming parents but i am blaming parents that aren't there because because uh, parent, you said it just a minute ago. Parents are supposed to be there to set the example to show, and and one of the things that that forgive me, but makes me want to go in the flesh. And when I say go in the flesh, like I just want to punch the parents in the nose. Yeah. All right, okay. Actually, I just want to punch them in the face. That's <laughs> <laughs> walk in the spirit. That's right. That's and right. You won't punch people in the face. Well, that's why I haven't punched anybody in the face know, since I've been
1: saved. I know, but that thoughts are still there. <laughs> they are. It's space for love for the kids. You want you
0: want the very best. It. That's exact. It's because I want the best for the for the parents, and I want the best for the for the children. And and what I what drives me insane is when the parents say, "Well, I'm going to let my kids find their own way." <laughs> Freaking yeah, crazy yeah, or what, man? <laughs> yep, yep. It's uh, just what the, what how how can I, I'm going to let the two year old figure out he can't play in the street? Right. Yeah
1: eat the candy and forget about the broccoli because I want to make them happy. I want to make, make them happy. the candy. Let them uh, be nutritious. I want to be their
0: friend, Dookie. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Sets me on fire, man. But it's, it's all the
1: culture going further and further and further away from truth, from God. And we pay the price for it. And the kids are the victims of yeah. it. And yeah. then they come up thinking, maybe I'd, the world would be better off. Everybody would be happier if I just wasn't here. Right. And we, and all of a sudden, this whole topic of suicide it used to be just way in the back of our minds. I mean, you hardly heard about this when I was young right. uh I'm sure it was happening i mean for real, but it was so downplayed and well now because
0: it was it was so minimal, uh, and now it's in our face, but as you see every day, turn on the news, man, it looks hopeless yeah I mean. listen- listen to the politics. it looks hopeless uh look at the I mean. When you look at everything and the, and the fact that they're lied to, so kids aren't told about heaven and hell at all. And so they just think total annihilation. Well, if, if I die, it's over. But th- that's just the beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Secular worldview. There, you know, who am I? I'm nobody. Oh. Uh, Where yeah. am I gone? There's nowhere, nowhere. to go. To. Yeah, and, and people say,
0: well, and I'll say, well, do you believe in, in heaven or hell? No. Do you believe in good or bad? Sure. Where do you think this comes from? Good, bad, heaven, hell, God, Satan, is real, and the battle is real, and the struggles are real. And when 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 people are lied to, especially these kids today, are lied to, and they're told, "Oh, listen, there's nothing else out there." When you all of a sudden they 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 just want out because number one their their parents are off the chart i i can't tell you how you know dude you're you're you you've been in ministry for 40 years you know how desperately broken these homes are and and so the adults listen 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 if you're an adult and you can't figure it out your child can't figure it out you need to invest in your child and protect that child and raise that child up in the way it should go if you're an adult and you are 40 years old and you are struggling to figure it out your 12 year old is not does not know the answer and neither does your 16 year old and so I'm um, okay I'm going to Get back to church. <laughs> Did Get the we word pray? Of God in your heart. Did we, we need pray? To. Pray, please. I no, 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 we,
1: we already prayed once. Pray but. again. Okay, God please. help us. It's uh, crazy days. We want to make a difference in the lives of people. Uh, just fill us up with you, empty us out of self, and uh, we pray for uh, a moving of your spirit upon our our society in these last days in America lord that people can find their way and uh, use us to help in Jesus
0: name again amen 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 okay because here's the truth too is is the parents are committing suicide just like the children are
1: yeah my wife uh, spent 20 years teaching in a public school system and there was co- it was constant training on this to be sensitive to to where kids are at little trigger things that they say and then to respond to it and then of course having a very active youth ministry in our church, uh youth pastors and the kids come, the, the greatest number of visitors are young people, and that's good. That's really and big. they come in and you know, you have no clue just where they're coming from. And they sit and they and they they enjoy and then we found out that when we break up into small groups and they start chit chatting, that's when everything comes out. And um it is it is regular, mm. heartbreakingly regular. That this topic comes up in our small groups and in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, it seems not so much more in the upper part, but that that middle school time from ages you know eleven to about fifteen, this it comes up, and a lot of other bad things too, abusive situations, and uh, and uh, we're mandated uh, uh, legally. And I, right. I, I'm not. I think this is good. I don't think this is bad, but it is a mandate that when those kind of things surface that we bring it to, uh, uh civil authorities. Well, well, because if, if
0: we don't, if we don't, then they're going to hold us accountable. Yeah and, yeah. and not only that, but if we're quiet about it, we can't help anyone. Yeah. Um, when I was, uh, I was in, uh, let's see, I would have been in 10th, uh, 10th grade. So I was in 10th grade, um, uh, buzzed out of my gourd, uh, going up and down the hallways of school. And, um, the, uh, one of my teachers well bob smith we we talked about him Mm, in in the other podcast and he um uh he turned me in and i ended up going into to drug rehab boy i hated him hated him I've, you betrayed me you you know all this so all these feelings and rage because while the, the, what i was really upset about was i was caught <laughs> yeah kids come to church and they're sitting there you have no clue they come to
1: small group the third week and they share Horrific things, and then the law takes in at that point. We upline it, and people had their kid come to uh, come to a youth group thing at our church. Next thing you know, the uh, civil authorities are knocking on their door. It makes
0: yeah. them hate hate our church. Yes, but here, but, fast forward now. Fast forward. I, I'll tell you where I'm at today. I look back at all that because obviously uh, as, a, as a kid, uh, you know, I wasn't the most happy with, with being turned in. <laughs> But as I look back at life, it was one of the best decisions ever, and I love that guy. Yeah. Love, love. I don't even know if he's still alive today, but if he is, I love him, and if he's not, I loved him. Love what he did. I, yeah, I did because, because the truth is uh, that was the beginning of a rescue. Yeah.
1: So he was willing to step up and, and be willing to lose you as a young friend yeah. to, to really influence you to what you were, met you where you were, to help you get where right. you needed to be. Right. And that's what love is. That's what love does. And I, I tell
0: people today all the time, uh, I'll tell them the truth. Even even when I know they don't want to hear it, I know they don't like it. I'll look at them, I'll tell them the truth, and, then I'll, and I'll tell them this. I love you so much I'm willing to sacrifice the relationship by telling you this truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is where I think uh, today's parents and friends – most people in general fail because if you, if you talk to them, you'll say, well, have you told them, I don't want them mad at me. It
1: comes back to the insecurity of the parent. The parent doesn't want to be rejected. So yeah. I'll, I'll give them what they want yeah. and they'll be my friend. And are you know, being called to be a parent is a parent is much higher calling than being a friend. Right. And, uh, but a lot of times it's just the result of the parents themselves of just not having locked in on who they are. Mm. And this, you know, the iniquity in the Ten Commandments, Jesus said the iniquity of the parents will be visited to the children to the fourth generation. And that's why there just has to be this intervention of the gospel. It has to be. The power of the gospel can come in and change it my granddaddy was a, a nightclub guy womanizer in liquor business raised my dad in the liquor business was a womanizer who raised us in the liquor business and I was on my way uh, to doing all the same things that they did and I looked in the mirror and I was doing the same things that grandpa did that dad did right and I said oh I love this girl but not enough to stay away from other girls and I knew something fundamentally was wrong in me I needed help and there was that intervention of the gospel in know you know the, the truth hurts I'm a sinner my sins have separated me from god they'll send me to hell but jesus came on a rescue mission it always brings us back to jesus
0: so here here's a an (laughs) interesting my uh one day we we see we were living in no i think we were in new york and my daughters came home from school and they said dad you know what they told us today and I'm going, <laughs> what? Like, Welcome <laughs> to New York. <laughs> so I, uh, I'd i send my girls to school, and then when they got home, I had to deprogram yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, they said, if you spank us, if you hit us, we need to call the police. Because, And I spanked my girls. If they were bad, they needed it. I spanked them on the butt, never abused them, mm-hmm. always on the butt. And it was with a paddle, not my hands. And – um And they go, dad, what would you do if we, if we called the police? And I said, (laughs) I said, sweetie, you can call the police and I'll probably go to jail. And when I get out of jail, I'll pick up where I left off. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I knew (laughs) pastors that, uh, that, well here, but here's why I said, because I love you so much I'm not willing to sacrifice you to the world, yeah I um knew pastors
1: where that actually happened, mm-hmm. and it was ugly and it was sad. and of course it wasn 't too far down the road when the children sure wished they hadn't because they weren't being abused at all. Wow. It was just old fashioned uh discipline that has worked for thousands of years now I know that has been abused, and that is wrong wrong, 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 wrong wrong, wrong on every level uh so I'm not justifying you know beating children but there's a, a spare the rod, spoil the child. And uh, Well,
0: that, that is that is uh, the world's philosophy. The Bible says spare the rod. If you spare the rod, you hate your child because you do not love your child enough to teach them in the way they should go. The world says spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> yeah, so what <well>, we're... <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. This is <laughs> such a... Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you guys that are listening... <clears throat> Uh, and, I, and I have to put this precursor in there just for a minute, brother. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, uh, our listeners to just extend me some grace on this. I am uh, I'm incredibly impassioned about this topic, and I am uh, uh, I just have to be careful because, man, I'm I'm. It devastates me to watch families get devastated because parents won't take a stand. And then when they finally decide to take a stand, their kid's already 15, 16 years old. Now they're trying to do what God says to do. And then the parents lose traction because they're like, it's just such a waste of time. Um, and, and guys, this whole thing is a process. But, but let me help you. If you don't start the process now of teaching your children the right way, the biblical way, and stop trying to be their friend and start being their parent at every cost. The first one is get rid of the cell phones and electronics until they're 16. That's the big step. But but either way, if you don't start today, it, every day you're losing ground.
1: Yeah, Having uh, been through it once, raising three kids and now watching my kids raise my grandkids, the connection has to be, Immediate, mm-hmm. just contact, contact, contact. You know, wrestle with your little boys, play house, have little team, tea, tea uh, cup parties, and uh, with the, the little girls and fantasize and play house with them and give them piggyback rides and and play peekaboo and all the silly little games. Just contact, contact to where they're comfortable with you. Right. They know that you love them, that you celebrate them, that you have fun with them, and that that kind. C- c- that contact that dependency is is there just in it's just part of who they are they're being i remember some of the sweetest uh moments I ever had as a parent uh uh uh, waking up or, or, or coming home at night, I was out a lot in the evenings doing Bible study, and I'd be with my family every day from say three thirty to six thirty. That was my family time. Then I'd be gone doing ministry in the evening, and I'd come home, and there'd be a letter on the uh, on the table for me. Dad, we got to talk tomorrow after school. <laughs> and uh, they were just so <clears throat> ingrained in bouncing their life off of me. When they had a trial, they just they wanted to talk to dad. It's just because it's it's just with their being it's who they were and so when those teen years came the foundation was laid you can't start this off at the teenage level you gotta you gotta do it you gotta be there for them with them have fun with them play with them make them feel their their value their importance and you get that foundation laid then when the trials really come um then then you got a foundation laid. Have a just an interesting moment. I had a missionary friend uh, tell me this. It was one of those life events that I hated when I heard him say this. He's a wonderful missionary, in, in Montreal, Canada, He's built a great church, raised four kids, all of them serving the Lord. And we were uh, college friends. We met back in the college days, and they got married and had kids, and we got married and had kids, and we started our church in New York. They started their church in Montreal. And you know we were making those decisions on education for our children and, and my wife and I were making sacrifice, send our kids to Christian school. Uh, and, um, and it, it, it was a very weak school, to be honest with you. But uh, they were being taught right biblical values, same as in the home. We were sacrificing for that. And I heard the missionary say this, and I didn't get it in the moment. I didn't react on the outside. But on the inside, I just resented this. He said, I, I want my kids to go to a public school and start making worldly wise decisions in the kindergarten level rather than the high school level. He said, I don't want my my daughter's first decision on to be biblical uh or 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 to be cool in the backseat of a car when she's sixteen. Mm. He said, I want that to happen at kindergarten level. Yeah. And I didn't get that. But over as as the months went by and a year or so went by, I started really getting hold of that and learning uh that Bonding with them, we're talking suicide. We're not. This we haven't chased a rabbit here. We're Mm -hmm. going down to the foundation of this topic. This is where it starts. Where there's love, unconditional love from dad, a masculine uh, love. Uh, with tenderness and with silliness and yeah, playing no. little games and connecting the heart and i've i 've known this guy for a while when those girls were little and got capsized in a sunken <laughs> canoe in a pond because <laughs> you leaned in a canoe <laughs> i didn't mean anything by it. nobody drowned. We got okay and welcome to new york <laughs> we We have a little history here together, but his daughters love me, and I 'm telling you they did a great job his His girls are beautiful wow. inside and out, and they're they they're kingdom girls. And uh, we Dude, didn't do everything right, vision. Johnny, but we did raise some godly seed and thank you of Jesus for intervention. Yeah. But this we're we're really gone to the, the the foundation of this terrible topic. And if we just just get that love thing right and mom and dad if you just loving each other and mom and dad if you just really genuinely have seeking the lord and yeah. have him on the throne of your life when you got a one-year-old a two-year-old a three-year-old and, and you're educating them by the way you treat one another and by you you're loving them and just they just just want to come to you first because if that doesn't get established
0: when they're little, it's not going to start when they're teens. It won't. It, that's and that's a great point. I um, with our girls, uh, of course we we put our girls in public school, and um, and they would come home, and every every day they come home, we're like, hey, what'd you learn? What'd you talk about? Yeah. you I mean, we we poured and invested always with them, and we always wanted to know what they were doing. I remember one uh, one time I was really wonder because i'm a dad two girls three women in the house (laughs) dear jesus help me and um and so i remember one time uh one of my daughters was in eighth grade and um uh an incident happened in school we were at the school and uh she was just having a bad day you know just kind of things went a little downhill for her and and uh and i remember uh walking across the gym floor uh to her and she sees me and you know because in your mind as a dad i don't know about you but as, as a dad for me there were times where i went man am i am, am i really making a difference am i influencing my kids you know i I have daughters so they always go to mom you know like it, where's dad because it's, it's that age where they, they're you know i'm wondering where i'm at in their life at this point and then i remember on this day she um uh I saw her she saw me and my wife and i were walking side by side walking to toward her and and i knew she was struggling and having a little bit of a bad day it was kind of showing and um uh dude she just walked straight to me like there was nothing else in the room nobody else in the school she just walked straight to me and just wrapped her arms around me buried her face into my into my chest in public hallelujah and just started she was struggling and she started crying and and i just held her and we talked for a minute and and we got through it and she collected herself and then we went on with what we were doing and uh that moment changed my it's like changed my whole life in the respect that i went when it really matters uh my daughters know i'm there amen and that's what mattered the most. And you were modeling how the
1: God the Father is to us. You know, when we're hurting, He doesn't shove us away. Get oh, your act no. together. Come back and see. Oh no! To figure it out. No, you come to me now, the <sighs> way you are. Find your comfort in me.
0: And I held her, and I, she just hugged me, and I hugged her. You know, and and as she's hugging me, uh, at first I was just quiet. We're just, you know, like take the moment for a second, let it let it unfold, and then uh, and then I just told her. I said. Hey, sweetie, it's okay. And, uh, you know, everybody has a bad day and, uh, and this is going to pass and it's going to be good. And, and I just shared with her and told her I loved her and I was proud of her and I am and I do. And so there's like, you know, there's no question there. And today, uh, my children will have conversation with me, real conversation, even about difficult situations or subjects and you, but, but it's because of what you said earlier, uh, Dad, you got to be in the picture, and you got to love them dad and and not beat them up listen i, I uh, there's me and my daughters we 've had our qualms don't don 't think we we haven 't disagreed, but every time we uh disagreed and we argued, there were times where where we argued with one another and uh, uh if I was wrong, I looked at him either that moment or when I came back, and I would look at him and go. Dad was wrong. I was wrong, a hundred percent, or I overreacted, or or whatever it was. And and I would say this: um, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I think that's when they were two. Well, not two. That's a little young, but three, four, five, six years old, I did this. I did this their whole life. Anytime I was wrong, I was wrong, and I apologized. And then I didn't just tell them I was sorry. I asked them if they would forgive me. And then we prayed together, and we loved on one another, and we worked through it. And, and I would tell them, listen, uh, Dad, there was, a, there was a time when I had some, some real bad health issues. And, um, uh, of course, the majority of the church never knew it uh my family i wasn't the nicest guy uh i was just always angry well then come to find out i was at stroke level high blood pressure for years didn't even know it until one day it put me in the hospital and uh and i couldn't even function like my whole body just shut off and then they finally realized what was going on got me on some blood pressure medicine and when they got me on blood pressure medicine man i leveled out to the point where if i started getting irritable or irritated First thing my daughters would say is, "Dad, your blood pressure. no, 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 Dad, Dad, did you take your meds?" <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny, you you hit the nail
1: on the head. Um, just being real, just being we're not real. perfect uh, dads, mm-hmm. uh, parents we're struggling we we never had any ex- trial run on this parenting thing you know it's it's like in your face but yeah. that's where we lean upon the lord cuz he's had generations of experience he models that for us and we have a brokenness and we have failures and, and that we don't pull rank, I'm your dad, I don't do anything wrong. You, you have a humility, and God gives grace to the humility in those broken moments when you're confessing with your to your kids. I, am. I, I was angry. I, I wasn't wrong. I did that the wrong way. Please forgive me. I'm going to go out and sing victory in Jesus till I mean it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll come in, and I'm going to ask you to forgive me all over again. We're going to pray together. Dad's going to get right with God. Right. And when the kids see that modeled, when they're having their struggles, they lean into me like, oh, no, I let dad down. No. Hey, come to me when right. you struggle. Don't, right. don't go out and try to do it on your own. Lean in. We'll do it together. Well, and, I,
0: and I've even told them, uh, you, I don't care what happens, I will always be there. Here's what I did with both of my daughters um, when they started high school, ninth grade. I took them out on a date. Amen. And I bought them a promise ring. A nice, nice, nice diamond, uh, one of them uh, diamond where the diamonds all go across the top, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever they call that kind of ring. At any rate, and I spent real diamond, really nice, right? Because I want them to have it their whole life. I want them to when they, every time they see it, they think of dad and the promise that we made, And then that's going to transfer to their husband. Yeah, and 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 so so. At any rate, we're we're we, I took him out to dinner. We went to to Red Lobster. We dressed up. We got real nice and uh, dressed up nice. And we go out and and we had dinner. And I and so I said, hey, um, we need to talk. And I want to share something with you. And so I just shared with him very personal and said. Um, I, I gave them. The, I presented them the ring. Presented it. I didn't give it to them. I presented them the ring, and I said, uh, "This is a promise ring, but it holds two promises. And if you, if you're not willing to keep, if you're willing to keep one but not the other, then um, uh, or you know, like like this is, this is a a promise ring on both ends. And so the promise was this: if you take this ring, you are promising to keep yourself pure until you're married. Amen and by me giving you this ring it is my promise to you that i will always be there for you that i will always be there to listen to you and uh and you know dad sometimes i overreact but but you give me a day and i calm right back down and and we and we work through it and uh my promise to you is that i will do my absolute best to never overreact and to always work through it with you and so so your promise is purity and my promise is to always be there mm-hmm. and sacred ground dude so every time i see them wear the rings mm-hmm. i just think <laughs> now, and here's the cool thing both my daughters have kept their promise and me as a dad i feel like i have it may not be imperfect but i feel like i have and um dad listen if you're listening to me it's never too late to buy the ring and take it to your daughter and say um this is my promise to always be there for you from this day forward even though if i was if i was a uh uh ridiculous before this from this day forward if you don't mean it like if you haven't settled it in your heart don't do it just don't do it don't set them up for a false yeah, yeah. uh 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 a false promise, uh, settle it in your heart and then do your absolute best to fulfill it. And if you mess it up, just say, man, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I'm going to tell you, it's going to go a long way with
1: your children. You can draw that line in the sand through Jesus. That was then. And this is now meet them where they are now and confess your, your weaknesses, your failures. But boy, when a girl hears from dad, I'm there, you know, you mess up. Hey, I've messed up too, but we're going to meet at the feet of Jesus together. We're going to, we're going to build, we're going to work through this, laying that foundation of biblical thinking, biblical worldview. We, we mess up. That's why Jesus came to fix what's broken. We lean into the power of the gospel and and we make it through. And boy, I'll tell you one of the greatest joys of my life is having these beautiful young gals we got to uh, raise up and walking them down the aisle and giving them right. giving their hand to good young men who have not uh, let us down a bit and uh, we're, we're kind of living a dream and I just think of the brokenness of my family and the divorce and right. the, and, and, and just the depravity and, and the heartache and then the gospel mm. came in through me. Uh, I was the first one in the immediate family to come to Christ, and one by one, they did. But I got saved at the feet of Jesus, young enough to marry the right girl, to Mm. learn a biblical model of parenting, and to be close to those kids uh, from day one and just never stop being close, and then having that grand joy of walking down the aisle and giving their hand to marriage to men who appreciated their purity. My girls are one-man women. And they 'd never had to worry about uh, venereal diseases and have to worry about the the right. things the uh, unwanted pregnancies and and uh, all the the complications well, that and, come and from the sexual and activity
0: the, the emotional you know I, I was I was talking to a young lady uh in the church this was uh about two years ago and um, we were talking she was struggling and so i I asked her uh, if she was sexually active and she said yeah. And I, and I asked her, I said, at what age she was at this, at this time, she was 17. Mm. And, uh, and I said, at what age were you active? And she said, 15. And I said, uh, I asked how many, how many guys have you been with? And, uh, at that point was, uh, I think six. And, um, I said, well, how your, how old was the oldest? Like 22. And she was 15. And we talked and it, it had, she was devastated on the inside for her actions. And she even said, she goes, I would never have done it, but I felt like, I felt like I was nobody and I wanted to be somebody and the, and they were making me feel real special until I gave them what I had. And then all of a sudden, um, they, they didn't want me anymore except for when I would give them that and uh and man she just broke down and it was it was a real struggle because she realized she gave away her most prized possession and um and it caused it caused a lot of emotional scarring and uh that is typically what brings on the onset of of suicide is emotional scarring that they that they struggle to work through usually a lot of them are just so young they don't know how to work through all the the emotions uh and then uh if you're older you don't know how to work through the emotions and um and then t- then you you come to a what in your mind uh a dead end where you go uh, i i can't live like this anymore and so I'm, I'm better off dead and uh and and i just want you to know you're not uh, you're not better off dead uh and especially if you don't know Jesus and so that's going to uh bring us back to the question we said all that we said to set up the foundation uh, of what's going to help people to not commit suicide and, and, and what's going to help them to not commit suicide. Mom and dad quit being selfish and, uh, and fix your marriage. Um, fix it. And You go, it can't be fixed. Uh, I call BS Yeah. Uh, because it, you can fix what you invest in. If it gets in
1: the hands of the Lord – Exactly. It will be fixed, and then all those scars can become uh, uh, mm-hmm. part of your life story to invest in others, and people who get rescued
0: in their marriage become rescuers of others. Right, because um, they, they see the value. So here's the thing. If you're already divorced and um, and you're remarried, and uh, listen, go, go to your children. First off, if mom and dad, if you're divorced now and you don't get along, Fix that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's nothing worse than dad being so selfish and mom being so selfish and they pit their children against the, uh, their ex-spouse. Uh, fix the relationship. I'm not saying that you, you're not married. You're divorced. You're remarried. Whatever it is, fix that relationship so that, that these children don't feel torn every time they're with you that they can't talk about their mom or they can't talk about their dad. Uh, you fix that relationship and you allow your children to know that you and, and their other parent are friends, not enemies. That's a huge problem because these kids, man, they don't even know what to do with it and they don't know how to handle it. They're like, Oh, if I go to dad's, I can't talk about mom. If I go to mom's, I can't talk about dad. Cause mom hates dad. I mean, just fix that. And then you go to your children on a very personal level, and you say, "Hey, um man I, I've messed up a lot uh, will will you forgive me and And if it's something very specific that you need to to acknowledge, acknowledge it. Don't, don't dance around it. Call it what it is and repent of it, even if the repentance is only to your child uh, or even your, your spouse or your ex-spouse. Fix these relationships so that these children and, truth be told, the, the, the ex-spouse or the spouse or whoever's struggling, fix these relationships so that these struggles will go away uh, or at least they can start to heal if you don't do that, we're not going to get anywhere and suicide is going to stay uh, very high. I was that child whose
1: parents were divorced and I, rem- I was, you know, I was like 18, so I wasn't a little child, but I was a young man and with you know, all my big life decisions ahead of me and my dad would just rail on my mom and I just had to sit him down and just say, Dad, I love you. I love my mama and you used to love my mama, uh, but... uh this is unacceptable. I won't listen to this. I don't let her talk bad about you, and I'm not going to let you talk bad about her. And guess what happened? And he stopped. <laughs> right. And I told him, I warned him. I said, look, if you do next time you do this, uh, I'm going to walk out of your life for a month. Uh, a month. You got to get a taste. And then uh, if you ever do it again, I'll walk out of your, mouth, your, your life for three months. And he looked me in the eye, and he knew I was telling the truth. I was like an 18-year-old kid. But he knew I loved him, and he knew that I meant what I said, and he didn't respond. He just looked at me, gave me that look. He didn't know what to say, but you know what? He quit. He quit. And we never even had to take one month off. And I never had to have that talk with my mom, but I did with him, and and it really worked, and it helped. Mm-hmm. I said, you guys got your problems, and it's not our kid's fault. Uh, because a lot of these kids are feeling it's their fault. right. And that's what leads to the depression, and the depression uh, drives them down to where they're in despair. And 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 the parents, and
0: and you, you say this to the parents, and the parents will go, "Oh, they know it's not their fault." No, they don't. Go tell them. Yeah, you have to. One of the biggest failures in society today, and and you you just you literally just said it. One of the biggest failures in society today is failure to communicate remember cool hand luke you ever see that movie i did not you've got to go see it (laughs) sorry man yeah yeah the the so the rocky movies yeah so 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 cool hand luke luke was in jail because he well he's just a guy that had problems and he kept breaking the law and so he goes into jail he's on a chain gang right and uh or you know how they cleaned up the streets and did the highways this goes way back it was uh um uh oh he has his own paul newman paul newman's in cool hand luke and uh so at any rate he is constantly just defying authority defying authority and so uh finally they they have him dig this this hole and then they had to fill it up then he had to dig it out (laughs) then he had to fill it up you know like so one guy come in he's he said um uh there's 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 dirt in my ditch luke get it out and so he marks out the size of the ditch, which is funny enough the size of a grave, and so he digs it all out, and they start in the morning, and now it's nighttime, and the other warden comes, and he goes, uh, "You got wh- who told you to put your dirt on my ground?" And he tells him who did it, and he goes, "You better get his, uh, you better get boss man's dirt off of my ground." and so he has to fill the hole back up. This goes on like three times, right? And then so the the main guy comes out and he goes, Luke, what we have here is a failure to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Johnny. I needed that. (laughs) And so I think what we have here in society with mom and dad and parents and children and friends and family I think what we have is a failure to communicate mm-hmm. because all the time people say, well, they they know the truth. No, they don't. Tell them. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. You're going to destroy their life. I don't want to destroy our relationship. It's already broken. Fix it. Fix it. Uh, you. We, we have to do this. If we don't start recognizing that... Um, We have got to hug. We have got to love on. We have got to invest in. We have got to be a part of. We have to stop assuming. And we have to start making sure. And one of the biggest things that you have to make sure, mom, dad, is that your children know that you love them. And that means you tell them to the point where they're sick of hearing it. And then you tell them more, uh, man, my daughters, every time they come around, I snatch them up and give them a hug. Every opportunity I have, I tell them I love them. I never let them leave without a hug. And I never let them walk in a room without a hug. I never, and you know, my kids, they're like, Oh dad. And now, now like give me a half hug. And I go, I am not letting you go until you give me a real hug. And so they'll give me a real hug because the truth is I'm six foot 215 pounds and they're five two to five f- three five. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. And they're both like a hundred and ten pounds. And so uh, you're not gonna get out of dad's arms. And man, they know that. And so they surrender and give me a hug. And because they know dad is not letting them go. They know dad loves them. Anytime there's a problem, guess what? Dad's phone rings and I am there. Boy, I make it a point. I'm there. I'll cancel the world to spend a minute with my child uh why because my children need to know that dad loves them now if they're wrong i will light them up with truth and they know it but they know dad loves them and so it's easier to deal with the truth when they know that dad loves them mom they look they'll talk to dad a couple times a week they talk to mom Couple times a day. A couple times a day. <laughs> like the phone rings all the time. They have their own special ring, and so I hear the phone. I'm like, "Yep, uh, Taylor or Tori. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, Johnny, as you're sharing that sweet story, uh, I celebrate because I I watch you parenting, and I knew when I the that that our first meal together at a restaurant, and the kids were drawing on the the sheet. It was yeah, Italian. Macaroni it was real, Grill. Yeah, it was great, and I could just tell right then and there that these girls got a great daddy and uh, they were secure in that love. But as, as you were sharing that story, I'm just thinking now by the faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're trying to regain, regain ground that has been lost to so, so many people walking into our church. We're just saying you can't undo what's been done, but you can right. draw a line in the sand by the power of the gospel with humility. You share with them, You agree with God about what you've done. That's what repentance is, getting on God's side of things against ourselves and and staying there. And you look your children in the eye, and maybe you didn't communicate with them as much as you should have back then, but that was then, and this This is is now. now. And Jesus is the great I am, and he can connect your heart now, and they can see your brokenness now, and uh, seeing your brokenness and turning to Christ can help them to to kind of be Mm -hmm. comfortable with their own brokenness and turn to Christ because mm-hmm. when we find our our value in
0: him uh, you know you're I'm, fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. I have a future for you, God. God, listen, listen. People want to commit suicide because they lost their identity in God, or they never had their identity in God. And God says, "Listen, I love you so much. I made you in my image. The only creation in the world was people in His image. That's how much He loves us. I love you so much. I sent my Son Jesus to die for you. That if you believe on Him, you shall not perish, but have everlasting life." God says, "I love you so much. I have a future and a hope." for you i have this big dreams that i want you to have it's
1: going to be working fine in the end but now i'm with you now and i'm going to be with you you're facing nothing alone now right. and I got a plan to use you yes. you can lay up treasures in heaven I'll never be a rich man on earth which is fine I'm fine. But we can be rich for eternity lay up treasures in heaven where moths and rust don't uh, corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal and all of a sudden no matter how far down it's been Mary Magdalene uh, five husbands filled with demons came to Jesus and yeah. he fixed it yeah. he forgave her past redeemed her presence he promised her a future she became one of the great saints of the New Testament and you you know, you see this whole suicidal thing. That's that's all through Scripture. Uh, there's people in Scripture who did commit suicide. There's people who Solomon was suicidal, and when he wrote the Book of Ecclesiastes, behold, all his vanity, and is vexation, his spirit. As I grew in wisdom, I grew in sorrow, and you know why? You know he he was just in total despair until
0: he really got it back at the feet of Jesus when he got and, it back at the at the cross and realized all Jesus and God and all. That they did for him, and how much they loved him, everything fits back
1: together, so kind of yeah. coming back around to to the the actual suicide event, this is well we 're going to have part two because well i don 't have to I got time to settle this right <laughs> uh, yep <laughs> <laughs> okay let 's go back to the found <clears throat> foundation just a little bit, yeah let's kind of pull it pull it to a head here <clears throat> the The whole suicide thinking doesn't happen overnight it's just been a normally a life lived accumulative outside. absolutely a, a little here a little there <clears throat> a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump it's been an absence of biblical knowledge uh, absence of Christ's presence uh, and and the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness faith meekness temperance and <clears throat> when people live a life outside of that what do you have the opposite the exact opposite, the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the world, anger, hate, despair, uh, blame shifting, and that that only makes things worse. There has to be that gospel intervention. There has to be meeting up with Jesus, getting my problems into his hands. Who can fix it? I tried and failed in the drug culture. I tried and failed in relationships, and I was, I was frustrated. I didn't like who I was. So I knew something was wrong, and then I come to Jesus. I, I was invited to Jesus, and I came weary. I, I heard the voice of Jesus say, uh, "Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, thy head upon my breast." And uh, I and I came to Jesus as I was weary, worn, and sad, and I found a place in Him, and He has made me glad. And so, ultimately, as a pastor and a, a, as a father, as, as a citizen, a, every part of my being is I'm exposed to this horrific topic, uh, <clears throat> the despair and of suicide and those calls in the middle of the night. And I've, I've, I've got the post calls when it was too late. I've been there for that, too. Yeah. But the victory is in Jesus. The victory is in truth, setting people free, and then God can take all the crap excuse me of of our of our formal lives and he can redeem it make it fit together and all of that instead of put putting us down can can equip us it becomes right. arrows in our quiver becomes it becomes, uh, it becomes uh, uh, our our life message that we can meet up with other hurting people you know hurting people hurt people right. and, and people have been helped they're just longing to help others and we can take uh, all of our the the pain of our past and meet up with other hurting people connect deeply with
0: them, so and bring so them hope here here 's something i 'm going to share with you that uh i don 't think i 've ever shared with you um, so this would have been ninety two I, just, I don't even remember what month that, that, that was such a blur. 91, 92, uh, was some really hard years for me. And, um, my, uh, my dad and I, we hadn't talked in years, you know, I was just so angry with him and, um, I was angry with the abuse I took angry with the, the beatings I took. Uh, there were times where I'd miss, uh, a few days of school because of the bruises and, um, so on and so forth. Uh, at any rate, I, um, so for several years, I didn't talk to my dad, and then I, I, it was uh, Christmas of nineteen ninety or ninety one, somewhere around there, and I finally said, "Okay, I had enough." I was living in North Carolina at the time, uh, Sherry and I, my wife, and um, uh, my my dad was in Ohio, and I said, "You know what? I got to I got to stop this." and so I showed up at his doorstep Christmas day wow with a uh with a basket of jellies that I got a gift basket of these little sample jellies and he came to the door and I handed him the the gift and I said w- we need to bury this axe I mean it, this has got to end so we started talking and it was good and uh and i I went back to north carolina and we were on the phone talking and having conversation it was good and uh the end of january um he found out he had cancer the end of february he died Which is so crazy. Even to this day, if I watch a movie of father and son, dude, I'll sit there and weep because that, that, that relationship is so important. any rate, so uh, I kind of lost control when, he, when I found out he was dying. And, and so I left my wife. And I'm not saying it's his fault because ultimately my decision to do what I did. Um, but I I just lost control. Here I am, I'm finally starting a relationship with my father that I've always desired my whole life, and and it's only lasted less than 30 days and and he's dying. You know? And so uh so at any rate, I, I'm I leave my wife and uh have an affair and uh you know, the whole nine and 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 so uh, I told my wife I wanted out. I said, "Listen, you, there's there's some things that I want you can't give me, and um, and I want out, which was, uh, you know, other women, drugs, alcohol, just like all the stuff that that yeah, you think you want." <coughs> and uh, I was literally on a, uh, uh, I was killing myself because the relationship with my father, there was no way to, to get it where it was, it was supposed to be. So, I remember, I I told my wife I wanted out, and I, I went back. I went to Ohio, and then uh, I came back from Ohio. I didn't know what I wanted I was just bouncing back and forth and so I came back from Ohio and uh man I was I was angry I was I was hurting and destroying everything and everybody I had uh I was I was really hurt so now I'm hurt because my dad's dead that we just started talking again I was hurt because uh I didn't have a uh we had just bought my wife and I just bought a house Uh, literally we bought a house and then here three months later, I'm leaving her and and the house has got to go. And so then we got, I lose all of my stuff and I was partnering a business. And so then, uh, uh, they cut me out of the business and just, I mean, dude, it was like a spiral down. Right. And I remember, uh, I went from Ohio back to North Carolina and I'm sitting in the master bedroom and I'm, I'm sitting, uh, on the bed. And I had my gun in my hand. I'm done. I'm, I, can't, I can't do life anymore. So I understand the, the struggles. At any rate, so I sat there on the bed, and now I'm drunk, and I'm high. You know, like I just. I just and a loaded gun. And a loaded. Broken no heart. No answers. And who cares
1: except. And I'm alone.
0: Broken, sweet young woman. And it's dark outside. It was like ten o'clock at night. I'm drunk. I'm high. I'm hopped up on drugs. I have a loaded gun, and nobody cares. In my brain, nobody cares. And I took the gun, and uh, I remember I remember sitting there holding it. You know, and I'm just going to say this: people that commit suicide, uh, it takes an incredible amount of courage to actually go through with it. We say they're weak. The strength it takes to take your own life uh, the the depth of despair that you have to be in to do that is un- unbelievable so any rate i I um uh, I'm sitting on the bed, and I finally decide I'm done. Take the gun, stick it to my head. and then I remember that uh, my stepbrother got shot. In the temple, and the bullet went through, but it only blinded him; it didn't kill him. And I thought, "Well, I don't want that." So I took the gun from the temple and I took it and put it under uh, to the roof of my mouth. And uh, and I remember sitting there, desperately wanting to pull the trigger, but for some reason I couldn't. And then I got so mad I shot the house up and just just busted the house up. I didn't take my life. I just busted the house up. Uh, bullet holes through everything. It was ridiculous. Then I remember going to the kitchen and Sherry had already moved out. So she had taken the furniture she wanted and, and uh, the bedroom that I was in was a spare bedroom the, the, uh, where the bed was. And I go to the kitchen. There's nothing in the kitchen. Uh Empty fridge. Except for the beer that I had in there and, uh, and the whiskey that I put in there. And so then I remember t- pulling that out and just throwing it across. Like I just went on a tear, tearing up the house. Then I remember just like just collapsing in the kitchen. You know, I didn't have what it took to take my life. And then I didn't have anything else after. And then I felt so defeated. Like I was, I was, and so, uh, uh, anyway, I ended up passing out that night and, um, uh, getting up the next day. And I, for almost two years, I was on the pursuit of destruction. I was, I was destroying my life at every level, um, I had I had no care for my life, and I had no care for anyone else's life, and to the point where my my best friends looked at me and they said, "John, uh, we can't hang out with you anymore, dude. You are you are too crazy, too unpredictable, and we can't be a part of that." So now I'm even more alone because my best friends bailed out. So then I I just got deeper into the drugs and deeper into the alcohol and deeper into crime deeper into, uh, I couldn't hold a job because I would, I couldn't stay focused. And so my world literally was exploding. Almost two years of that ride. That's a, (laughs) that's a hard place. And somebody whispers
1: the name of Jesus, church,
0: the Bible. So here's what happens. The church down the road that my wife started going to when we separated, they had this red dot Sunday. And uh, um, the pastor said, okay, talk about destroying someone's life and they still love you so much dude it's incredible and i think people miss this until they see the truth or they see the light so i wasn't planning on going down this road <laughs> you have to work with me a second so at any rate uh the pastor has a red dot sunday and he says you're going to take this and you and take this little red dot he bought these little stickers right and you put it in the center of your watch. That was a time when everybody still wore watches. <laughs> and, um, and he said, uh, every time you look at what time it is and you see that red dot, that red dot is for one person and one person only, and you pray for that person. And my wife, who I had mistreated, left, cheated on, um, almost two years now separated, I was her red dot. <laughs> and so, so she's praying for me every day. I have no clue. We're not even talking. Uh, we were we were out of each other's life. So so we're not even talking to one another. I didn't care. What am I going to talk to her for? Right? I left her. Who gives a crap? And uh, and yet she's praying for me. Well, I I buy this truck. And I needed a place to park it, and because uh, where we lived, you were only allowed a certain amount of cars in your driveway. And and how crazy is it uh, that I bought a place five doors down from her where we were living? And um, and so uh, I asked her. I said, I said, listen, I need I need a favor. Can I park this truck in your driveway until until I sell it? And uh, and she said um, on one condition. And I'm like, oh, what the crap. and she said you go to church with me on sunday i said i needed help (laughs) i was desperate i go one sunday she said one sunday i said all right i'm going out of town this week i had a drug deal in west virginia that i had to go take care of and um i said i got i got business to take care of this weekend and uh and i'll be back and so it has to be the following Sunday. She said, "Okay." And um, uh, so the following Sunday, uh, I kept my word. I went to church, and then I, I heard I heard the gospel, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, I go home, and uh, the preacher calls me, and I'm like, "Look, dude, that's what you believe. Good for you. I'm not interested. I had to honor a deal. Uh, don't call me again. Goodbye." I hung up on him. Uh, I wasn't even that nice, but I'm not gonna go where I was. And so uh on that was on Sunday on uh afternoon on Tuesday, um I ended up on someone's visitation list. <laughs> right? So oh. So they uh they should visitation they, can be dangerous. <laughs> so they <laughs> So they pull in my driveway. Well, I'd already mixed this big thirty-two ounce drink uh, that had about five shots of whiskey in it, and um, and all this, all the, all kinds of. Cra- I, I drank the dumbest stuff, man, It just rot, gut rot any Anyway, so they pull in, and I see they're in, and, and uh, I was uh, I was pushing my grass, cutting grass, so I, I turned the mower off, and um, it was Brian and uh, Thurman. And I love both of them guys so much. And they come in and they sit down and um, they're like, hey, can we talk? And I I go, look, I drink, smoke, and cuss. If you can handle that. (laughs) I said, said, if you can handle that, have a seat. If not, you can leave. And they're like, no, that's fine. And while they sat there, I drank, smoked, and cussed, right? (laughs) uh uh and I so it, i love it i love so it I so they're they're talking to me and then and then uh and i'm sharing with them you know we're talking and my dad came up and thurman said um well maybe your dad and i went shut the f up Whoa. you don't know as a matter of fact i tell you what it's, it's time to go we're done they got up and they left i was not nice uh, on on any level I was not nice so what did they do they went back to the church and they said you know because everybody comes back from visitation this was a big 1200 uh, uh, church around about, about at that time I think around about 800 and, uh, and so they all go back and they all meet after visitation and I ended up on everyone's prayer list now Uh oh. I'm like I didn't know this right so Friday night, Sherry calls me and asks me if I'd go to church with her again. I went, yeah, I'll go. I have no clue why. Yeah, I'll go. And uh, so Saturday, I so he just get, told off the preacher and he threw the visitors out, cussed them out. Oh, my goodness. I was not a nice guy. And then I went, yeah, I'll go. Saturday night, I get fried. Sunday morning, I get up and go to church. I know I reek of alcohol. I reek of, you know, I mean, cause it's all in my system. This happens for five weeks. And then one morning I get up and I said, man, I'm going to dress my best and ask Jesus to be my savior. Wow. I get up, went to church, gave my life to Christ. October 2nd, 1994. And then I'm going to tell you this, having lived on both sides of the fence right mm-hmm. if if you're struggling with suicide and you're not right with God I promise you the minute you decide to get right with God he will show you a life that is unbelievable yes amen unbelievable and I can share more of my testimony, uh, and I have shared it in a little bit in the past. Uh, I didn't
1: know any of this. This is it was, uh, so edified. I'm so uh, God. Uh, <laughs> I just love Jesus. You just make me love Jesus more, Johnny. <laughs> dude, he is
0: so good. Amen. So, any rate, I um forgive me. So I, I get I get saved, give my life to Christ, and um, dude, I've never looked back. Amen. And and what I want to tell you today. Uh, we didn't hit the scriptures, man. I got a ton of scriptures. That's, this is going to be part two, so hang in there with me for part two. So instead of the other question, we'll just we'll finish up on part two of this.
1: Let me give a thought. As I, I'm just, I just had a blast listening to that, and just yeah. so moved, and I already loved you, but I love you even more now, bro. But I'm just thinking here. Here you are with that gun in your mouth, and Jesus had a plan, a future and a hope, and it, you know that was your. B.C., before Christ, and I've only known John, the preacher man, that's on fire. And I know to whom much has been forgiven, those, those are the ones to seem to love the, love the Lord the most. Right. And uh, we have a kind of common, we beat our heads against a lot of the same rocks. I'm just thinking there's that guy sitting there with that gun in his head, and then God knew that he's going to take you to the darkest region of America, yeah. The capital region of New York, uh, a very deep, deep, deep blue state. He's going to bring you here to bring people to Jesus and use redeem that story again and again and hook you up with a hippie f- uh, farmer yeah. preacher. <laughs> uh, Dude, uh, I love you, man. Uh, I, I remember laying, I never was suicidal, but I was in despair driving old cars with no shocks and no brakes that had big, big honking engines 120 miles an hour down Country highways and oh, go air turn the li- and turn and, the lights out. Oh yeah, turn, at nighttime turn and, the lights yes, out and, and so see how fast fun. you see how long you could air how much air time oh. you could get going down this one drop and you would uh, crest this little hill and I think of laying unconscious uh, uh, on on uh, drugs OD'd in an abandoned house, uh, one heartbeat from eternity, and yet God's mercy was there and I'm laying there and not knowing that. Uh, in a couple of months I'd be on my knees at cook Road Baptist Church, Mansfield, Ohio. Jesus would come into my heart and redeem that and then and give you a
0: future and a hope
1: and i and I married a good woman and obviously oh, no we no, married, we married up yeah yeah both of us both of us married a good woman have great have had had a i'm living a dream man Amen. I got some friends who are a little bit crazy but right right <laughs> that's all good but um no, you know, just think of the, the the pain people are in that leads to this suicidal thinking, and it's just like, oh, tell these people about Jesus, invite yeah. them out to church, get a red dot on your wrist, and yeah. uh, get red red dot them, man, red dot them,
0: pray I mean, for them, and uh, think about that. Think about the the. Uh, so my wife loved Jesus so much, and she forgave me. You I knew sure she forgave me. When she put the red dot on and chose me to be the one that she prayed for. Who, who brought all the pain into her life. One last thing.
1: How long after you got saved till you guys were back together?
0: So we got saved. I got saved October 2nd, 1994. We renewed our vows uh, December. Yeah. And that was uh, 25, 26 years ago next month. 26 years ago in, in in next week, whatever October 2nd is. Yeah, next week, a few days. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be 26 years. Wow. You won, Johnny. Oh, man, did I ever win. <laughs> Guys, suicide's not worth it. And I know the question is, if a Christian commits suicide, is he or she still saved? And we're going to actually answer that question. This is the first time that we didn't, like, zero in on Scripture. But I think... I think what uh, people really need to understand what can prevent suicide, and um, and then and then we go from then we'll go from there. So so we're gonna pick up on part two of this, and uh, the next episode where it's, we'll just focus on the scripture of that. And um, uh, guys, thank you for for bearing with me. Um, you know you don't realize how tender and precious, uh, some memories are and, and still painful. I mean, listen to me to think of what I did to my, to my wife and how much I hurt her, um, to, uh, think about the pain in my life of, of a desperate desire to have a relationship with my human father that I didn't get to have, um, you know, to, to share guys, I just want to share with you guys, not because I, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty, private guy i I don't i don't typically share very personal personal things but i think in this case i I just felt like um you need to know (laughs) that i know what it is to be at the suicide level and then what the where it is to be living out the verse where god says i have a future and a hope for you let me interject
1: here johnny you just gave a a a gift a tool to to our uh your listeners our listeners our listeners (laughs) that we can that you can use um to turn somebody on that you know is really hurting to listen to this because this is a message of hope today Mm. this is a message of redemption this is this is why god uh allowed us to go through dark days and redeemed us to bring hope to people so use this uh podcast uh strategically yeah. you know, somebody's tuning in and got a couple wacko preachers from upstate new york and uh, right and it can bring hope to people so i'm blessed to be a part of this uh i love hanging out with you and doing podcasts but uh
0: Whew. i'm uh, <laughs> i'm moved yeah god is so good um again i've i've been on both sides of the fence uh, uh fortunately and unfortunately my life uh before jesus was a train wreck and after jesus was uh uh redemption and salvation uh, i promise you i understand um and 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 i'm going to i'm going to pray that uh that you give jesus a chance before you um before you take your own life a, a real chance and uh and allow him to show you the future and the hope that he has for you I also want to say this, that um, if you're here today and and you need someone to talk to, I don't want to leave without giving you uh, two phone numbers. One is the national hotline that you can call. us 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK, or TALK is 8255. The other one that you can call is 1-800-SUICIDE. It's real simple, 1-800-SUICIDE. Uh, you can call that, um, email me, you, uh, you can email or, or you can go on, on the podcast here and, uh, and send me a private message, uh, through this podcast and, and I will respond to you. Amen. If you're in the area, I will meet with you. If you're in another state, uh, you and I both know, do there in every state of the union, you and I have friends. It's true. Every one of them.
1: Yeah. And- in most nations in the world as well
0: in most nations exactly we were just looking in in, uh, this podcast uh um what was it on Uh, we're in we're in uh eight different countries already i think is what we looked at um
1: plus seven more that are unidentifiable
0: yeah plus seven that are unidentifiable because they're using uh, a vpn or whatever but um listen if you if you contact us Um, It doesn't matter what state you live in. We can connect you with a pastor, with a church, with someone. Uh, There is no reason in the world that, that if you feel alone that you have to stay that way. Uh, there is help, and there's help on a real level, on a personal level. Uh, if you're in the capital region of Albany, New York, the ca- uh, Albany is the capital. So if you're in, if you're in New York, uh, Duke and I, listen, we'll hook up with you, man. I take you out to, I'll take you out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner, man. and and pay. I'll, I'll pay for it to sit down with you and talk with you. And I know uh, that that Duke will do the same. Yeah, um, there, there's just no reason. If you're a family that's struggling. Uh, mom, dad, you, you're thinking of divorce. Don't do that. Meet with us. Let's talk. Uh, if you are uh, thinking of, uh, or if you have a poor relationship with your child and you don't know how to fix it, uh, don't, don't leave it there. Let's talk. I mean, there, there are answers and there's hope, but here's the key. And this is the only thing, this is the only thing that's going to fix it. I'm just going to tell you right now, you have to want to fix it. Yes. amen. If you don't want to fix it, uh, you're going to remain hopeless. And, um, And then, and then we can't help you not because we don't want to or not because we're not able, but because you're not willing. And, um, and so you have to believe that God has a future and a hope for you. And you have to believe that, that we are 10,000% interested in helping you find that future and hope. Uh, so I hope you reach out. I hope you call. I hope that this has, has helped you. Uh, I hope that, uh, and I pray that Um, you don't surrender to suicide, but you surrender to God and to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I hope this podcast has helped you. We will pick up on part two uh, in the next podcast, so please join in for that. We'll show you all the scriptures, everything that it takes to uh, understand what God really thinks about you, what God really thinks about suicide, how much he loves you and wants you and has a future and a hope. So tune in for part two. Thank you for tuning in to According to John. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.